Hi everyone, Chris here from IELTS Advantage with the VIP podcast. So in this VIP podcast, what we do is we take questions from our VIP students and we make a podcast for the world. So normally we ask our VIP students, what do you need help with? Is there anything special you want us to cover on the podcast? And we're going to do something a little bit different in this podcast because we recently introduced a brand new service a brand new product for our vip students and it introduced this principle and the feedback from our vip students was amazing they talked about how much of an impact this principle is going to have on their scores and how it has changed how they think about preparation and how it is actually going to decrease the amount of work that they're going to have to do but increase the results and it's called the 80-20 principle sometimes called the 80-20 rule sometimes called the Pareto principle but basically what it says is a small number or a small amount or a small percentage of your inputs or your actions will result in a huge output or a huge number of your results. So let me explain what this rule means. You might have heard about it before, but I'll explain what the rule is. I'll give you some examples of it, and then I'll give you some IELTS examples of it and how it means that you can decrease the amount of work that you're doing and increase your results. And as you know, I'm one of the guys that it never says, you know, don't work hard. Or I'm always the guy who's saying, put as much work in as you can. You need to work hard. There are no shortcuts. So this is not a shortcut. It's not a hack. It's not a cheat. It's about working smart. And it will become very clear towards the end of the podcast what I mean. So the Pareto Principle was discovered by a guy called Pareto in Italy, I think in the 1800s, and he discovered that 20% of his the pods, his pea pods, produced 80% of the peas in his garden. So he started to look at different things in the world to see if this ratio could be found anywhere else. And he found things like 80% of the land in Italy was owned by 20% of the people, 80% of the wealth in the country was controlled by 20% of the people. And then he started to look in nature to see if this occurred as well. And he started to notice things like 20% of the trees in a forest would get 80% of the light. If you look even into the cosmos, like 20% of the stars get 80% of the matter. Um, and this, you see this again and again and again and again. And it's not always 80-20. Sometimes it's more like 90-10 or 95-5 or 70-30. But basically, a small number of your inputs or your actions will result in a huge number of your results or the consequences of that. So let's look at some examples to help you understand this if you've never come across this principle before. So you'll find this in many, many walks of life, like 80% of the criminals or 20% of the criminals will commit 80% of the crimes. But even in your own home, you probably only wear 20% of your clothes 80% of the time. Look at your carpet in your office or your home. 20% of your carpet gets 80% of the wear, in fact, that's why you will see carpet tiles. Uh, there are companies that don't sell full carpets. What they will do is they will just sell carpet tiles to big offices and shopping malls and places like that. And they go in and just replace the 20% or 10% of carpet that gets all the wear. 
So let me give you finally a business example. This is the easiest uh, way to explain the impact that this can have on your IELTS scores. And then we'll talk specifically about IELTS. So let's say you own a shop and you have a hundred different products in that shop. So imagine you have a, a bookshop and you have a hundred different titles, but you realize that 10 books, 10 of your products result in 90% of your profits. So what would be a good idea would be to focus on those 10 books and you know put them places where people can see them, promote them to people coming in, and you're going to drastically increase your profits if you do that. I imagine you have 100 customers coming in per day, and you figure out that only 20 of those customers result in 80% of your revenue. It would be a very, very good idea to treat those customers well and look after them and make sure that they come back. And there might be some customers who you know, just come in and browse, you figure out which of those customers never give you any money and then you can let them do whatever they wanna do. Also, you might find that out of your customers, the people that give you money, 5% of them result in 95% of the complaints that you get. So there's a very small percentage of those 100 customers that actually take up all of your time. So what you could do is just stop dealing with those types of customers and you would dramatically reduce the amount of time that you spend. So you've increased your profits, you have increased your revenue, and you've decreased the amount of time you have to spend with people complaining all the time. So you dramatically improved your business. So why am I talking about business? What has this got anything to do with IELTS? So recently what we started doing with our students was introduce a new way to correct their writing. So in the past, what we'd done, and we still do this, some students like this, is they would send us their writing and we would correct every single grammar mistake every single vocabulary mistake. We would talk about every single mistake they had made in the paragraph related to answering the question and task response and coherence and cohesion. Talk in detail about their band scores, why they got those band scores, list every single little problem. And they would be sent like a four or five page PDF report and there might be hundreds of different mistakes in there and hundreds of different things to work on. Now. A lot of students love that because they know exactly where they're going wrong. But my point to them was, you are worrying about things that don't actually matter. 90% or 80% of the mistakes that you're making are not very important, but 10% or 20% of the mistakes that you're making are very, very, very important. And if you fixed those 10 or 20% of mistakes, you are going to see an improvement in your band score. But if you focused on the 80 or 90% of mistakes that don't actually matter, you could spend a huge amount of time worrying about these and fixing these, but you won't see any improvement in your score. So let me give you a writing example, very, very, very common writing example and a very common speaking example. So we would have many students who come to us and they are stuck at 6.5 for writing. And they might have gone to lots of different schools, they might have read every single book, they might have got multiple one-on-one -on -one teachers, and they keep failing again and again and again. Now, the reason why they failed was maybe not because their past teachers were not so good or their courses weren't so bad, it was they were focusing on the wrong thing. Often when you go to a 
IELTS course in like a normal school or a, a, an IELTS center, they will teach you absolutely everything related to IELTS. And 99% of it is a waste of time for you because either it's not relevant to you or you're at the level you need to be at or it just doesn't matter. It's not important. And that means that you're not focusing on the things that actually do matter. So let me give you an example of a student I was working with recently. He came to me and he said, I failed 11 times. I looked at his writing and I said, we'll be able to help you in about two or three weeks. He was totally shocked by this. I said, looking at your writing, it took me about three minutes to tell him, this is what you need to fix and this is what you need to do. It'll take you two or three weeks. He did it. He immediately went to a seven. So he failed 11 times. 6.5, 6.5, 6.5, 11 times and then got a seven. So what was the thing that he needed to work on? So for him, his task response was fine. He had no, no problem answering the question, generating ideas. He had no problem with coherence and cohesion. His paragraphing was good. His structure was good. He knew how to write an introduction. He knew how to write a main body paragraph. He knew how to write a conclusion. All of that was fine. His vocabulary was also fine, needed a little bit of work, but overall quite good. But his grammar was his ma major, major problem. And not only was his grammar a major problem, he was making multiple grammar mistakes in every single sentence, which was actually dragging down his coherence and cohesion score because it was very difficult for the reader, the examiner, to understand what was going on. It wasn't as coherent as it could be. So this was the main reason why he was struggling. But grammar is just 25% of your total mark. If I had have said to him, which other teachers said to him, go and fix your grammar, that would, would have been a complete waste of time because applying the 80-20 rule overall was, okay, 25% focus on your grammar. But then if you apply the 80-20 rule to grammar, he only had one major mistake, which was articles. Articles are in every single sentence, basically. So he was making mistakes in every single sentence, which was dragging his grammar score down to a six, which was dragging his, um, his coherence and cohesion score down with it. So articles is, let's say, 5% of a, gr if you look at any grammar book, articles will be a small percentage of that, but all he needed to do was focus on that area. He did that. He went and reviewed articles, learned all about them. He practiced them. He sent me his writing. I sh gave him feedback on it, and he improved that area, and immediately he went up. So if he had to join a general English course or a general IELTS course, he just would have wasted his time. Even if he had have just looked at a grammar book and really tried to improve his grammar, he would have been wasting his time. Now, some people might say, well, if he did a general grammar course, he might have... Uh, you know, eventually got to articles, but he would have been spending 95% of his time on other things and not really focusing on that thing. So let me give you another example for speaking. I had a student who kept getting 6.5 in speaking, came to me, I have no idea why, I keep going to all these different people, these these one-on-one -on -one teachers, these different centers, and half the time they're teaching me about writing and listening and reading, and I really just need to focus on speaking. I did a mock speaking test with him, 15-minute mock speaking test. Within 
30 seconds, I knew the exact problem. And there was no problem with his fluency, no problem with his vocabulary, there was no problem with his grammar, his problem was pronunciation. So applying the 80-20 rule, 25% of your total mark pronunciation. But pronunciation means many, many things. There is uh, intonation, there is stress, word stress, sentence stress, there is connected speech. There are 44 different sounds in the English language, which relates to clarity and a person being able to understand what you're saying. He needed a band seven, so intonation, sentence stress, word stress, connected speech, all of those things. He didn't really need to worry about that too much. That's more if you need a band eight or a band nine. His main problem was clarity. I couldn't understand 100% of what he was saying. So we needed to look at the phonemic chart. There's 44 signs in the English language. He had a problem with four, four, <laughs> four vowel signs. That's all it was. So what we did, we focused on those four vowel signs. We cleaned up his pronunciation. Next time, got the score that he needed. So I want you to think, what do you think your main problems are? For many of you, you will be able to figure that out yourself. For others, you will need a teacher, like I did for the VIP students, to sit down and either listen to you or look at your reading or look at your speaking, whatever, you, whatever the teacher needs to do with you in order to diagnose your problem. The, the analogies I always use are, like if your car was broken, you wouldn't, you take it to a mechanic and they would fix the exact part of the car. If you had a, a broken leg, they wouldn't cut off your arm or treat you for whatever other disease. You just need to fix that bone in your, in your leg. Exactly the same with IELTS. I'm not saying that all of you just have one thing that you need to focus on. There's probably a few things that you need to worry about, but you need to identify those things. And going to a general IELTS school or English school or whatever is probably not going to do that for you. If you are in that sort of environment and you don't have another choice, talk to your teacher and get them to give you one-on-one -on -one feedback and tell you what your exact problems are. If they can't do that, that's a useless service and they're not giving you what you really need. So you should be, you know, either leave or ask for a refund or talk to the manager and say like, why are they teaching me stuff that's not really relevant to me? If you have a one-on-one -on -one teacher or you're, you, know, you have some sort of online course, find out what your exact problems are. They should be giving you very detailed feedback and highlighting that for you. Um, and if you're not doing that, you're going to struggle again and again and again and again. So that's pretty much it from me. Um, apply the 80-20 rule to your IELTS preparation and you will see a massive improvement um, by focusing on the few areas that are going to give you the biggest sort of bang for your buck if you like. Thank you very much guys. If you need anything from me, feel free to get in touch with me, either myself or one of my team. We reply to every single email that comes in. Chris at IELTS Advantage is my email, chris at IELTSAdvantage.com or if you want some general um, IELTS advice, you want some free information, you'll find that on our website, IELTSAdvantage.com. Just Google IELTS Advantage and all of our stuff will come up. Thank you very much and hope you enjoyed that podcast. Thank you. Bye-bye.